Well, good morning. And um, we're going to do things slightly different this morning. We're going to look at two Psalms, Psalm 68 and Psalm 69. Now, we're going to look at just part of these Psalms. So maybe after we've uh, done that, you can maybe sometime later today or through the week, read through those two Psalms, Psalm 68 and Psalm 69. Let's just pray together. Our Father, we thank you again for the opportunity we have to meet together around your word. And we just pray that you will continue to open up your word to us, that we might be encouraged by it as we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, as you know, we're looking forward to Christmas. And as we do that, we look back to the birth of the Messiah. Now, prior to the birth of Jesus, the nations of Israel were looking forward to the coming Messiah, And God, through the voice of the prophets, gave his people many indicators, indicators to confirm to them that the promise that he made was true. And he gave them many signs that would point to the arrival of the Messiah. Now, not only were the people of the Old Testament slow to recognize these signs, so were the disciples in the New Testament. Listen to what Jesus said to the two on the road to Emmaus, And this was after the resurrection. You can read this in Luke 24, verse 25 through to 27. This is Jesus. He said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Didn't the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning him. Now, you you might be saying, well, what did God say in the scriptures about Jesus? Well, he said an awful lot. Let's just have a little run through at the moment. We go to Genesis, and he tells us about Jesus, about the Messiah. And he says he will be the seed of a woman, the seed of Abraham, and the seed of Isaac. And then when we go to the book of Numbers, he said he will be the seed of Jacob. Then back in Genesis, he'd come from the tribe of Judah to Isaiah, He will be of the throne of David. Micah tells us that he will be born in Bethlehem. And Daniel tells us the time of his birth. When we come back to Isaiah, we're told that he'll be born of a virgin. In Jeremiah, we're told that infants will be massacred at the time of his birth. Hosea tells us about they will have to flee to Egypt. Isaiah tells us about his Galilean ministry. Daniel tells us that he'll be a prophet. The Psalms tell us that he'll be a priest. And then Isaiah again tells us that he will be rejected. And when we read through Isaiah, particularly Isaiah 11, we can read something of the character of the Messiah, the character of Jesus. Now, some of these things that we look at might seem contradictory, but they're all true. And part of the evidence of the fact that they are true is that we are here this morning preparing to celebrate his birth to remember his death and to rejoice in his resurrection and to look back, uh, look forward to his return. Little things like, you know, people probably question, how can a virgin give birth to a son? Well, she did. People might have said, well, how can the Messiah be both priest and king? Well, he is. And then they probably say, can he rise from the dead? And the answer is yes, and he did. How can the Messiah be rejected? Well, he was, and he still is being rejected. So this morning, I want us to look at just 
two things about the promised Messiah, two things that don't seem to fit together. The first one is the Messiah would be a king. That's what the people were looking for, this great king. But then we're told that the Messiah would suffer. That doesn't seem right. But this is God's promised one that we're talking about. And people will probably say, well, how can God allow the one who he will send to save the world suffer at the hands of those that he's created? Well, let's think about these things this morning. And firstly, we'll think about his kingship. And we'll briefly look at Psalm 68. As I say, if you get an opportunity, read through the psalm. This is a psalm of David. And it's like going on a journey of how in the past God has blessed Israel, how God is at the time of writing blessing David. And David's also looking at how God will continue to bless his people in the future. And David, in this psalm, is asking God to keep doing what he has been doing. And what he will do is deliver his promise of a Messiah. Listen to what David says in verse 28 of Psalm 68. He says to God, Summon your power. God, show us your strength, our God, as you have done before. In other words, keep on. Then the psalm reminds us that God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday as he is today and as he will be in the future. Now, if you did go through this psalm, you could break it up in different ways. But as you go through, uh, you will see that it's a psalm about the messianic king. Now, very briefly, verse 1 to 3 tells us that he is a powerful king. 4 to 6, the king is worthy of worship. Verse 7 through to, ta- uh, through to 10, the king will provide. 11 through to 14, the king's word will be proclaimed. Verse 15 through to 18, the king's reign is eternal, 19 to 23. The king will deliver, verse 24 to 27. The king will be praised, 28 to 31. He is the king of kings, and 32 to 35. Praise be to God, the one who is the king. Now from this psalm, we're just going to take one or two thoughts about the kingship of the Messiah. Let me just read to you uh, a few verses, verse 17 through to 24 of Psalm 68, and then we'll have a brief look at them. So verse 17. The chariots of God are tens of thousands and thousands of thousands. The Lord has come from Sinai into the sanctuary. When he ascended on high, he took many captives. You receive gifts from people, even from the rebellious, that you, Lord, might dwell there. Praise be to the Lord, to God our Saviour, who daily bears our burdens. Our God is a God who saves. From the Sovereign Lord comes escape from death. Surely God will crush the heads of his enemies, the hairy crowns of those who go on in their sins. The Lord says, I will bring them from Bashan. I will bring them from the depths of the sea, that your feet may wade in the blood of your foes, while the tongues of your dogs have their share. Your procession, God, has come in view, the procession of God and King into the sanctuary. So a few things from these verses. 
First of all, if you look at verse 7 through to 17 through to 18, it's really speaking about the ascension. For the chariots of God are tens of thousands and thousands of thousands. The Lord has come from Sinai into his sanctuary. When you ascended on high, you took many captives. You received gifts from people, even from the rebellious, that you, Lord, might dwell there. You know, when we come into the New Testament, Paul speaks about Jesus as being the one who came from heaven, who, when he died, descended into death and who rose again and then ascended into heaven. And when Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus, he quoted words from this psalm, words from verse 18. This is what he said in Ephesians 4, verse 7 to 8. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ appointed it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. Psalm 68 verse 19. Listen to what it says in this verse. Praise be to the Lord, to God our Savior, who daily bears our burdens. So in this verse 19 of Psalm 68, we are reading about the king, the king who will save his people, the king who will bear their burdens. This is Jesus. And then in Psalm 68, verse 24, your procession, God, has come into view, the procession of my God and King into the sanctuary. You see, the King will dwell in his rightful place. That is when Jesus ascended into heaven. There's a lot more we can take from the psalm, but for this morning, I want us now to move on to Psalm 69. And we've looked at the kingship of the Messiah. Now we want to consider the suffering of the Messiah. And the question is, would the Messiah, the promised one, the King of Kings, ever have to cry out to God the Father as he was suffering in agony and in pain? Well, we're going to find out in Psalm 69, which is another messianic Psalm of David. But it goes beyond what David was suffering at the time to reveal something of the extent that the promised Messiah, the one who is Jesus, would need to suffer. Now again, if we were to go through this psalm verse by verse, we could break it up in different ways, but just very quickly, if we go from verse 1 to 5, we hear hear a a personal cry for help. In verse 6, we hear a prayer for others. 7 through to 12, it is God's will that the one who is suffering would suffer. In 13 through to 15, a prayer of reliance on God. 16 to 21 really speaks about the cross. Verse 22 to 28, the unrepentant sinner. Verse 29 to 33, salvation will come. And 34 verse 36, the Messiah will return in glory. But let's just look at a few verses this morning. So from Psalm 69, verse 7 through to 12, it's God's will that he, the Messiah, would suffer. This is what it says. For I endure scorn for your sake, for shame covers my, and shame covers my face. I am a foreigner to my own family, a stranger to my own mother's children. For 
zeal for your house consumes me and the insults of those who insult you fall on me when I weep and fast. I must endure scorn. When I put on sackcloth, people make sport of me. Those who sit at the gate mock me and I am the song of the drunkards. You know, when we come into the New Testament, we read in Romans 15 verse 3, For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. When we come to verses 16 through to 21 of this Psalm 69, and we consider the sufferings of Jesus, we, we are basically coming to the cross. And this is what we read. Answer me, Lord, out of the goodness of your love, in your great mercy turn to me. Do not hide your face from your servant. Answer me quickly, for I am in trouble. Come near and rescue me. Deliver me because of my foes. You know how I am scorned, disgraced and shamed. All my enemies are before you. Scorn has broken my heart and has left me helpless. I look for sympathy, but there was none. For comforters, but I found none. You put gall in my food and gave me vinegar for my thirst. That last phrase there, do you see the relevance with the cross? They put gall in my food and gave me vinegar for my thirst. This is a verse from Psalm 69. If we go to Matthew chapter 27, we won't read it this morning, but if you look through from verse 34 to 48, you can read about the crucifixion and the death of the Messiah, the Messiah who suffered. I want us to think about these things as we approach Christmas. And in the words of the carols, here is the Christmas message. These are just a, a, a few of the carols. Maybe as I read these verses to you, you might be able to identify which carol I'm quoting from. But I want you to just listen to them together, one after the other. These are those words. We sing, Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. He came down to earth from heaven, who is God and Lord of all. And his shelter was a stable, and his cradle was a stall. With the poor, oppressed, and holy lived on earth, our Saviour, holy. Then let us all, with one accord, sing praises to our heavenly Lord, that hath made heaven and earth of naught, and with his blood mankind has bought Let's just pray. Oh, Father, we just would pray that as we approach Christmas, you will remind us of this is a marvellous and a wonderful event. You, you, you planned for this from the beginning of time. And the fulfilment was in the one who is King of Kings. And the one who is King of Kings would be called to suffer. And our Father, we thank you for that. And we bring these things before you now, in the name of Jesus.
Amen. Well, if you do get an opportunity to read those two psalms through and think about what we've said this morning, um, please do that. And in the meantime also, here's a few verses uh, which are related to what we've heard this morning. This is 1 Timothy 6, verse 11 to 16, and this is an encouragement to us. Verse 11 through to 16. But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of eternal life, to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the sight of God, who gives life to everything, and of Christ Jesus, who, while testifying before Pontius Pilate, made the good confession, I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearings appearance of our Lord Jesus Christ, which God will bring about in his own time. God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see, to him be honour and might for ever and ever. Amen. And I think we can all say, Amen to that this morning. Amen.